Good morning. I am reading from Jeremiah 8, 18 to 22, New Revised Standard Version. My joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick. Hark, the cry of my poor people from far and wide in the land. <clears throat> is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their images, with their foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of my poor people, I am hurt. I mourn, and dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of my poor people not been restored? This is the word of the Lord. Uh, that song written by Marsha Stevens. How many of you remember Marsha Stevens? Uh-huh. She was, you do? No? <laughs> Remember the name? Uh, she came to become a songwriter when uh, she was associated with a, a, a very evangelical uh, group that came up, the, the Children of God, I think it was the name, or the Children of Jesus, something like that in the um, late 60s, early 70s, that was the time. And, um, and she wrote many songs. She was very famous, and she was like their precious child until she came out. She came out. And, and then she was uh, erased from their world, their universe. No uh, Christian music publisher wanted to publish her music or record her music. Um, and uh, Marsha um, created her own group. A group she, she started realizing that her experience was the experience of uh, pretty much everybody who came out in those days. And uh, she gathered them and she created her own publishing uh, uh, recording, of recording music. And, um, and, and this particular song is iconic because at one point, this song was in the Southern Baptist um, hymnal book. And in a very um, symbolic demonstration one Sunday in all the Southern Baptist churches, they ripped the page of the hymn off and threw it away. And I say they're lost because this is an amazing song. It's an amazing hymn. And she was an amazing person. And she knew pain. Obviously, she knew pain. And, and, and we all know pain. All human beings, we know pain. Because, you know, you touch something hard and you hurt your finger. And, and that's painful. We all know pain. Some more than others, but the pain you know is the greatest for you because that's what you know and what you experience. 
And comparing the pain of one person to another person is ridiculous. It doesn't work because your experience is unique. To you, is your worst experience, experiencing pain, hurt, having bad memories. Today, it ended up being a day I requested this song. Thank you. Uh, and, and somehow, we, we started with Negro spirituals. And a lot of those are about pain, a painful experience of people being enslaved and people being brutalized and people being uh, dispossessed of their freedom, or rather, they never knew freedom. Mm, murdered. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Last Sunday we celebrated Juneteenth. And I made the point to say that Juneteenth happened two years and a half after the emancipation was signed. Hmm. So, and a few Sundays ago I said, we're always late to the party. And it seems to be a common thread in our history to be late for the party. The passage that was read is a passage about pain. The prophet Jeremiah, known as the crying prophet, the youngest prophet of all when he was called to be a prophet, a child prophet who cried, always cried, the crying prophet cried in this particular passage for Judah because Judah had turned away from God. Um, as always, the people of God disobeying God. That's the, the history of the uh, Hebrew Bible. The Hebrew Bible is uh, the, the recording of all the times when the people of God didn't pay attention to God, did the opposite to what God said, and then pay the consequences. Not because God punish them, but because there are consequences to our actions. And when God tells you this is the best for you and you don't pay attention and you do the contrary, well, you're on your own and you're going to pay the consequences. So, in the passage, Jeremiah says, is there no balm in Gilead? I want to explain that. Uh, Gilead was a town that was known, very well known, um, because of their healing balm. They grew there a plant with which they made a balm. A balm is like a, like a, like a syrup, like a, like, a, hmm, like a cream, like a lotion that you apply to places uh, where there is pain and the pain goes away. That's, that's what they did in Gilead. In uh, Jeremiah 46, 11, it talks about, again, about the healing balm. In Genesis 37, 25, it talks about the precious merchandises from uh, Gilead, of which the balm was the, uh, the main one. In, uh, again, in Genesis 43, 11, Jacob sent balm to Joseph when Joseph was in Egypt and Jacob wanted to make peace with him, uh, he sent him a gift of the balm of Gilead. So in, in the Bible, the balm of Gilead is symbolic for that healing power, that healing touch. Is there a balm 
en Tacoma. Is there a bomb in Urban Grace? Uh, we, I, I said we all are touched by pain. If you grew up not knowing who you were and wondering about your identity, not really liking playing with the typical toys for your gender, and uh, at a point in your life you realize that you were not what everybody thought you were. And then you gather the courage to, to say to the world, I am this person and not the one you think I am. And people rejected you, and people closed the door, and people looked over their shoulders to you. That is a pain that is hard to be erased and needs the balm of Gilead to go away. If you were in this church last year and had the pastor you loved and, and were walking with that pastor and you thought that the church was all set, that everything was wonderful about the church and, and you liked that pastor because he was active in the community and he was pastoral to you and because he was doing everything he needed to do for this church to thrive and all of a sudden you came one Sunday and discovered that the pastor was gone. That produced a lot of pain in your life. Especially if you were left wondering what happened. If you didn't have enough information. Because the people who held the information did not have the freedom to share it. Because there would be uh, legal and ethical consequences to sharing some information. And then you were left out in the cold. And you wondered what's going to happen to the church What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to the pastor who just left? What's going to happen to the people who made the decision? And then you saw some people leaving the congregation, and then you stuck it up here because God called you to stay and to receive the balm. That pain is hard to go away. If you were raised by parents who didn't love you, that pain is hard to go away. If you went through a terrible divorce from a person who mistreated you, that pain is hard to go away. If you ever had a child or a parent or a best friend very sick and you wonder day in and day out if they would survive, that pain stays with you. I know I cannot cover all the bases here. I cannot mention all the experiences of pain, but you have your own. And you know what I'm talking about. But there is a bomb in Gilead. And there is a bomb here in Urban Grace. And that bomb, and I don't want to fall into a common place, but you know what's coming, right? The bomb is Jesus. The bomb is Jesus. The presence of the one who took all the pain of the world just to ease ours a little bit. 
Our African-American brothers and sisters knew that. That's why they created those Negro spirituals. Because they knew that when you are ripped away from everything, it only remains God. And God is here, like Rainbow said, deep briefly. Uh, breathe deeply. <laughs> And you will breathe in God because he is here. For the healing of the pain, for the healing of the pain, talk about it. Talk about your pain. Open up. Open up. You have other people here in the church that you can talk to. You have people in the staff who are willing to listen to you. I am willing to listen to you. Talk about your pain. Talk about your pain because in talking, you process what happened to you or around you that hurt you so much. In the case of the prophet, he was hurt by the injustice committed to his poor people. If you are that hurt by the injustices against the poor, talk about it. There are many others who share your feelings. Talk about it, because in talking, that's the basis of therapy, by the way. I don't identify any of our therapists here today, but um, <laughs> talking is the basis for healing. Talking, talking about things, that's the basis for therapy. For the healing of relations, for the healing of relations. Remember the pain. Don't, don't put it away. I usually said to people, can I close this? I don't know. Maybe not. I usually said to people who came to do some pastoral counseling with me, receive some pastoral counseling, I said, if you have a hurt on your hand here, and it's open, and the blood is coming out, you don't put it under the soil and cover it with soil, so you don't see it, because if you don't see it, it's not there anymore. You know what happens if you do that, it gets infected, and if it gets infected, your hand may be at risk, and you may even lose your hand if you do that. So don't hide your pain. Hiding your pain is not a good idea. You go to the doctor, and the doctor will first disinfect it and put some, um, what, uh, peroxide or alcohol or something. It hurts. It hurts. But it's part of the healing. And then the doctor will sew it. Stitches. And those hurt. And if they are the kind that they need to take off. Thank God those are not used anymore, almost, almost never. But if they have to take him off, oh, that hurts. But you know what happens with that hurt, with that injury? In, in, in a few months, it heals. Later in life, you will still have a scar. But scars don't hurt anymore. So wear your, your, your scars with pride. Because you, you got healed. Because the scar is the mark of your experience, is the mark of your journey, 
but it's also the mark of your healing. So remember your hurt. And then go on to heal relationships. Talking again about emotional healing. Because when we stay apart, we don't grow. We grow through the hard work of mending relationships, talking to the people with whom we had a problem, talking with the people who hurt us and tell them, you know, you, you, you heard or seen in TV at least this thing about interventions, the AEA thing. An intervention, what is an intervention? You put the, uh, in this case, the alcoholic person uh, in, in a room and all his friends and family or her friends and family are around and they, uh, they tell this person, your alcoholism is hurting me in this way. So do an intervention with the people you must, people who are still in your life. And if they're not, maybe they're worth seeking. Maybe not. Sometimes not. If your life is in danger, just leave it alone. But tell them, when you rejected me, you hurt me. I'm still trying to recover from that rejection. Talk to people, mend relationships. Talk, remember, mend relationships. That is what Jesus is here for, to help us, to give us the strength. Healing memories, I forgot that, that one. Healing our memories. Healing our memories is something that we need to pursue as well. Because when you put your head on your pillow at night, and you have nightmares of things of the past. That's a hard way to live. Heal your memories by talking about them, by giving them to Jesus. He understands pain, suffering, and he's right here, right there, next to you. So my friends, I'm hoping that we can do that journey together. I'm hoping that I can be there for you, at least for these first steps of the journey. I'm hoping that one day Grace may look back, uh, Urban Grace may look back and say, we are a much better church because now we know what it's like to suffer these things and getting over them. May the Lord bless us all today. Amen.